two cinema icons have graced the silver screens and captivated audiences' imaginations for decades. Was it inevitable that these two titans would clash? Or were these two monsters destined to grow from their fated conflict into the series that we know and love today? Today, we are returning to the start of the expanded kaiju cinematic universe with 1962's King Kong vs. Godzilla. Welcome back to Kaiju vs. History, where we are rocketing through the history of each and every single kaiju film in order. This is Patrick, and joining me and drinking the red berry juice tonight is my co-host, Miles. How are you, Miles? I'm got my own red berry juice, so I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because it's very similar to the prop used in Mothra, and it just mm-hmm. looks like red paint. It looks like they're yeah. just going to douse themselves in it. Is this absolutely do? Is this what we've been waiting for? Is this the grudge match that really kicks off kaiju cinema in its its heyday? Is this the the start of I I guess the we we've 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 seen a versus format before, but this is the first versus title, you know. Mm -hmm. And Uh, we're gonna have a dozen films after this that kind of follow suit. To answer your question, no. <laughs> so, so here's the thing about this movie. This, this is one of the I have seen. Many, I had it on VHS as a kid. I have it on Blu-ray now. Mm. Actually, I had it on the Blu-ray for about the Criterion one. And fun fact about the Criterion set, because there might be some confusion. When you put in your disc that features, I believe, Godzilla Raids Again and Godzilla, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, the version on that disc is the United Artists American version. Mm-hmm. To watch the full unedited Japanese version, you have to go to disc nine, The extras. Yeah. The extras. And that is where you can watch the full ver- Japanese version. But they and don't do that for every film on the no, Criterion. I think it's a rights issue. Maybe It's a very, very weird thing. I think that was the first time it's been in, available in HD. I could be wrong about that. Or the, it, it, in English, yes. Or yeah. In, in English-speaking countries, I, I believe so. So um, this, this, this is an interesting one because, I mean, as listeners of this show know, I'm not the biggest Kong guy. I mean, my favorite mm-hmm. version of Kong is probably the current MonsterVerse version. I like that Kong. And mostly because in, in the remake, but the new crossover, Kong just seems to have a very, a no, a no good, very bad day. Oh, and it's like man. the most put upon creature in existence. And it's delightful. Everything is just like he <sighs> is. He is five days away from retirement. He is yeah. too old for this BS. This yeah, I, lizard, I fire breathing lizard. I don't breathe fire, he says. I, I, I love it. So, but you know, I know I'm alone in this. I know King Kong has been many people's favorite monster in this point in history. I mean, the Japanese loved him as well. They were very excited to have this. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that this movie is still like the theatrically the most well-attended Godzilla film to date. I would have thought no, but I mean, it was amazingly popular it in was, the U.S. So, and then it became even more popular, you know, overseas. So, for example, it its budget was uh, the equivalent of $620,000. It made $10 million. It made yeah. a bunch of money. So this, this was a smash hit. So... I know people are going to be a little surprised that I'm not as ecstatic about a Godzilla film, but this is one that I've never had a large attachment to partially because I always found King Kong kind of boring Mm. and I'm not going to lie. And I know I'm going to sound like a negative Nancy. This Kong suit sucks. (laughs) Well, I don't think a lot of people are going to argue with you on that one, but shouldn't. Well, the yeah, the, this is a problem movie if you don't like King Kong because this is Toho yeah. getting their hands on Kong and basically rebooting the character. We get to see like a new origin story, a new Faroe Island, you know, new yeah. villagers, new everything. And I would say he's probably the maj- 
two thirds majority of the film got whereas Godzilla is like one third. Godzilla, yeah, Go- Godzilla does, is honestly this, I think the new one has the same problem. Godzilla is kind of just there sometimes. Yeah, you know he is definitely. I would say not the uh, Kong is the underdog still here. He gets beat up a lot, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I mean it's such a shame because for a lot of people. This is the Godzilla suit, and this is the oh, it's a great Godzilla suit. Yeah, the uh, Goji Jira, no King King Goji, I believe is the name of the suit. It is portrayed by Haru Nakajima. Nakajima, absolutely the best as as far as these early kind of performances go. Because he finally is let loose, I think, <laughs> because they kept getting these same notes to go bigger and, and wilder, make it more like a, a wrestling or a sumo match. Well, he brings is, a lot of character to Godzilla in this movie. If you listen to, I think, the curated stuff that I did for The More You Nerd for us and, and our friend Drew, uh, I, I made that that criticism. And, and something that I know I'm bringing it back to Godzilla vs. Kong, the one thing that I've always wanted kaiju matches to feel like and i know they were limited by the suit movements and stuff Mm -hmm. i want them to feel like wrestling matches they should be especially the in this day and age they should absolutely be like an aew main event it should be wild well yeah they've learned over years what we want the the main fights we unfortunately see in this movie between kong and godzilla are on top of Mount Fuji or in the mountains in, in a nondescript location. They have a set here for Tokyo. We get to see a little bit of Tokyo destruction, really just Kong knocking over one building. But I would have loved yeah. to see them throw down in a city setting, which we do eventually get to see in the spiritual sequel. <laughs> yeah, I know we keep talking about that one, but it's, it's so good. Well, um, let's, let's get to this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is another banger from. Producer Tanaka, musical genius Akira Ifa Kube. EJ Subarai came back. He was already in pre-production on another film, but loves King Kong so much. And of course, director Ashiro Honda and making making another giant kaiju movie. Same kind of level of spectacle, but maybe the stakes higher this time because they have this very important legacy character. Like we said, King Kong was re-released in the 1950s and I think the 1960s in Japan and was still selling tickets. Yeah. And and this one is basically, I I believe, the movie that is celebrating Toho's 30th anniversary. Right. Yeah. So it is also which is a big thing in Japan is their anniversary kind of films or events that they do. And we'll we'll talk about those more as the show goes on. So, yeah, so it was, it was very fitting for that to be King Kong versus Godzilla because it's you know, two, two of the biggest monsters to ever grace the silver screen. And before we move further, Patrick, I've, it's got to be pretty much uh, cut and dry. But tell me, what's in the title? So, I mean, how do you improve upon perfection? King yeah. Kongu Tai Gojira, King Kong versus Godzilla is the Japanese title, is the American title. Germany has cuts out Godzilla, which is so dumb, and they call it the return of King Kong, even though, I mean, obviously, this is not the same King Kong. King Kong died, everyone. <laughs> this is a different King Kong in the same way. This is not the original Godzilla. The original Godzilla died. The other German video title is amazing. <laughs> what? Battle Party of the Giants? Yeah. I love Schlossfest it. der Giganten. I uh, think that title rules <laughs> brazil had king kong x godzilla godzilla against king kong or king kong against godzilla yeah, those in are some common, translations yeah those are common things that have been but, used actually have been used in this series yeah and you, I, yeah those are fine you're not improving on uh, a versus title and eventually we're gonna get an entire series of kong movies which are known as the Versus series uh, in, in some parts of the world. The Millennium film series is also known as just because all of them are Versus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think except, well, GMK, I guess, is the, the full title. Godzilla. Like so, Godzilla uh, so for, versus. For, yeah, for Godzilla, I believe the only one. Yeah, GMK and The Return of Godzilla, I think, are the only ones that are not Versus films. Or uh, Tokyo SOS. Well, yeah, I mean, there's. 
I mean, there's other Godzilla you know, titles, but I think it's it depends on where you are in in the, the world. But this one is mostly because both the U.S. and the Japanese kind of sync up as King Kong uh, versus Godzilla. Let's talk about where this film came from. How did Toho get the rights? How did they get so lucky? <laughs> and interestingly enough, this story doesn't start with Toho main characters, but back in the U.S. with famed stop motion animator Willis O'Brien, who after the Black Scorpion, so 1957 or somewhere around then, wrote a treatment script that was a sequel to King Kong, like an actual sequel. And he took it to RKO, who supposedly owned the rights and was trying to get it made. And you've you've heard of this story before, Miles, obviously. Yes. They wanted in the script to pit King Kong or maybe a descendant of King Kong versus some sort of creation of a descendant of Dr. Frankenstein. And and somewhere the entirety of Germany is like, yes, <laughs> Frankenstein. Yeah, they, they love the Frankenstein stuff. And so the Japanese, because the, the, I mean, Frankenstein almost appears in so many kaiju films. I mean, they eventually did or the gargantuans and Frankenstein conquers the world, but Frankenstein started off in so many versions of, of some of these scripts. There's a, yeah. a great book on the, the lost films of, of kaiju of, of the unmade movies and almost ever, not every single one, but so many of them start off with like, Oh yeah. And Frankenstein was involved for some reason. How can we make Frankenstein f- figure into this plot? Right. So the original script treatment was King Kong versus Frankenstein, which would have been a fine movie. Yeah. But they were unable to get us backing. So, O'Brien got producer John Beck involved, who eventually brought the script to Japan, to Toho, where they spent an inordinate amount of money securing the rights to King Kong and the base script idea, which which Beck, you know, would get the American funding and bring the movie over once they were were done with it. But they obviously really just wanted it for King Kong. They weren't as interested in Frankenstein because, well, as, as they say, history is made. They had another giant kaiju ready to go up against the eighth wonder of the world. So Frankenstein would make his debut in Toho films, like you said, but not for this movie. Well, and what's interesting is they keep some of the elements of the story. Like for some reason, King Kong gets gets re-energized by electricity. So they kind of, they don't really explain that, but they show there's a lot of electric activity, a lot of lightning on Faroe Island. So it's like, maybe that's just like his natural environment. I feel like they could have shown that in the octopus fight and it made sense. It's like, oh, well, of course he's, he gets stronger with lightning. You know, we've already seen that happen. But yeah, I, I feel it comes like they, out of they, nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they should have, and at least because I would give it something. Because from what I from what I've read, I believe that it's supposed to be just some leftovers from that script that they just kind of liked. It doesn't make sense though, because that I didn't means, say it made sense. I think it's dumb. <laughs> well, the movie was King Kong versus Frankenstein, and then suddenly, so why, yeah, so, the, so Godzilla why takes King Kong King the part Kong's of part, and <laughs> King Kong takes Frankenstein's part. Would it make more sense for Godzilla to get energized I, by lightning? I I am not disagreeing with you whatsoever. Anyway, I think it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that everyone was super on board with this project. You know, it's very costs prohibitive to make another studio make this film with their advanced miniature techniques and bring it over than it is for you to get the funding and make the movie in the United States. Everyone was on board except for Marion C. Cooper, the original creator of King Kong, who there was some litigation where he thought he was the sole owner of the character of King Kong. That is not true, but it eventually did send a, a giant letter saying that he was angry that his you know stop motion masterpiece had turned into a man in a monkey suit. Like you said, you look at that monkey suit and you're like, oh, you know, that I kind of feel yeah, that makes sense. Well here's the thing is we we we've seen just a few weeks ago you can make a decent looking monkey suit. 
<laughs> they yeah. just chose not to. <laughs> are you are you talking about uh, Conga? Yeah. Yeah, Conga is okay. It's just like an ape suit, but yeah. But like, if Conga was fighting Godzilla and they called that King Kong versus Godzilla, I'd I'd be fine with it. Yeah, it because was... Godzilla's a giant monkey anyway. Who cares? <laughs> He's just a giant monkey. Oh, right. Y'all, so y'all know how I feel about King Kong. Like, like oh. I I said, uh, EJ Subaraya had started production on another film, but when he heard it was King Kong, he put that on hold to work with Ashiro Hana again, and was quoted as saying. The script is special to me. It makes me emotional because it was King Kong that got me interested in the world of special photographic techniques when I saw it in 1933. And so, so here's the thing is I think the script itself is fine. Mm -hmm. I think it needs, it needed some punching up, but the, the script as written is not necessarily bad where the film suffers is, is one. And it's, it's a problem that Goreth had too is you know, there's no real main character to care about. You have characters, but yeah, they're just there. <laughs> yeah, and I will say I I watched both the the Japanese and the the U.S. version. Now, obviously, they cut even more character stuff out of the American version of this film from our our main characters, but they added in more destruction and some more monster scenes. So it's kind of a toss up. Like what is the better movie? I think the Japanese is the better movie movie. Cause you do get a little bit more characterization, mm-hmm. but like you said, these characters kind of like in last week's Gorath, they are there to move the plot along and technically physically they are to move Godzilla or move King Kong to Godzilla like literally with balloons at one part of the movie, (laughs) get him in the giant lizard's path. And we do get some, you know, uh, love interest kind of characters and, you know, someone's girlfriend and sister is in King Kong's in the Fay Ray position with a pretty adequate scream. Yeah. I would say hold your own. Definitely not Fay Ray, but uh, there's a, a lot of these elements that, they do kind of feel thrown together. And part of that is I think technically this budget, about half of it went to securing the rights to King Kong. So, and, and therein lies the problem because, you know, we, we just saw Gorath. We've seen what Subaraya can do. And even, I mean, so the, the, the miniature work in this is, is fine. There's some good destruction, especially when Godzilla goes to town, some buildings with his tail looks very, very cool. Again, the, at least the monsters have personality, which is something I can say that almost every movie we've watched other than a handful, they haven't. So like Godzilla is is certainly coming into his own as a character. But so it's, 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 it's interesting to trace that aspect of it. But I think I feel that this film like, yeah, you spend so much money securing the rights and it's not a massive budget to begin with that. No, everything else falls by the way, wayside. I mean, I know I've been clowning on that got monkey suit but it's <laughs> it's it's high school play bad i i mean it's amazing they have this technology to very similar to godzilla to have the the face contort and move about you know with animatronics inside the head it just it works better for a reptile you're trying to get these animal kind of emotions out of a monkey's face and well, that, what, the face just looks bad. It looks bad. <laughs> I mean, I think the face looks fine compared to yeah. the arms <laughs> and chest, which are oh, the very chest. The chest, the chest is elongated uh, and bulky, and we've got clear cutouts for his nipple area. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it, it is. I would say probably, if not the worst, one of the absolute worst suits in the entire franchise. I mean, I. I, I in, in the entire Godzilla franchise, I'm trying to think of, trying to suit think of like a worse suit, and I'm having a little bit of a difficult. I mean, time. like maybe Titanosaurus, but even though, even though, no, 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 Titanosaurus is pretty good. They were they they knew how to make a suit that can move with the actor. Yeah, there even wasn't that much. You think he would be the much more limber one, but Haru Nakajima is doing so much in this. Uh, king goji suit which looks so good by comparison yeah so the budget it's a great looking suit budget for this movie wants 150 million this is 
24 Yen. more million than Gorath. But like I said, like 70 million of that went to securing King Kong's rights. So you actually have a budget that's almost half of what Gorath was. Yeah. So basically they had a $300,000 American uh, money budget. And that's not a lot. But the movie still did very, very well. No, yeah, t- totally. <laughs> uh, makes a lot of sense because, I mean, there's a reason why it's called what it's called. <laughs> you know, there's a reason they put these stars on that marquee in the title. The During production, and this will probably make sense for, for what the film had become, but Shira Honda continued to get notes from Toho executives, and, including Tanaka, that they wanted more humor in the film, just more and more levity added to the script and it was something he was willing to do but it turns out he wasn't super excited at at the end result you know he was willing to make his very dark gritty godzilla character into a cartoon because he's a company man he's going to do whatever toho says but in interviews later on in his life he said he was a little resentful that his very smart, intelligent monster movie was dumbed down to this point, you know, where he's <laughs> he's mugging and, and throwing rocks at King Kong. But yeah, and, and that's the thing is like I I enjoy some of the sillier fights of the Showa era. I have a, a deep love for a lot of the Showa era. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of it it just it seems not even juvenile. It seems <laughs> inventile. Like it's <laughs> it's and that's, I guess that's the bummer is the fights aren't necessarily that exciting. Like when they're actually fighting, you get a couple of, of decent scenes and you have the one like, you know, that's been gift to all get out where Kong is shoving that tree down Godzilla's throat. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Godzilla lights it on fire with his breath. It's it's actually very cool. Their yeah, first you got meeting, some cool scenes. Their first meeting is not cool. It's not interesting at all. No, it's not at all. It's 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 infantile. It's it's silly. But not in a good way. It's just like, this is just. Well, they don't even touch. They're on two different levels. Godzilla is like up on a hill and is hit with a rock like in his leg, maybe. <laughs> and then Godzilla yeah. lights up the, the forest with his breath. And then they just kind of split apart. And it's like, well, they don't really seem like they want to fight that much. <laughs> like maybe the the film suggests the title suggests. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the general history of this movie and something I want to clear up. Have you heard the urban legend, Miles? My entire life. There is. I have heard this legend. A Japanese version of the film in which Godzilla wins the fight at the end of the movie. And in the American version, King Kong wins. So each country gets to see their kaiju win. Uh, I cannot tell you how how many wasted hours in my <laughs> high school and college days I go into cons and stuff looking for this alleged version. <laughs> it's it's so uh, prevalent this myth that it has its own subsection of the movie's Wikipedia page. Leonard Moulton debunked it in his review of the movie. If you get his film uh, review book, and it's actually I think. Uh, Part of it is in maybe a, a, a trivial pursuit <laughs> question for for uh, you know who wins the fight. Mm-hmm. So it's been debated for a long time and is indeed probably one of the biggest falsehoods in kaiju cinema. But is it Miles? I am here to say there is more truth than maybe falsehood. Well, so if you're referring to how the American movie ends with just Kong roaring. Mm. And the Japanese version ends with both animals roaring. Yes. But from what I remember, I think it was Ishiro Honda. It could have been Subaraya. I remember reading, that, like, as a kid, not a kid, but at, later when <laughs> it, it was debunked and, and one of them was asked about it, and, they, you know, they said the only difference is in the Japanese version, both animals have their roar. And that's our way of, of like, the animals taking a bow. Yeah. So that is an important part to note. They both roar in the Japanese version. That is canonically not them. Like that's not Godzilla when he's swimming out to sea. That's not him roaring. That's just like in the credits of the movie, right. like them playing the roar or the credits. The films do have differences in the dialogue, how it's it's written in the American version and actually in the scenes itself. They added in 
scenes from the Mysterians, like destruction scenes. For some reason, there's like a tidal wave or like a flood <laughs> in the the earthquake section of the American version. And in in one version, I believe the Japanese version, they suggest uh, one of the characters in the helicopter flying over suggests that Godzilla is he alive still? And the main character is like, <laughs> and in the American, I believe they just say he's gone for good. Like, thank goodness he's gone. So yeah, th- there, there was a continuation they wanted to to bring out that would have uh, it was called the continuation, <laughs> right? And right. they a were going to say, film. "Oh, Godzilla was dead." And that they were using his body as a resort. Oh of course, goodness. Godzilla comes back to, to life. Like, <laughs> is, not the, not, not, it's not the first or last time that idea will come up in this franchise. No, no. What this came from is a magazine article attributed to September 7th, 1963, Spaceman magazine, where mm-hmm. they said, quote, does King Kong best his story and adversary or does Godzilla prevail over the mammoth ape? Spaceman lets you in on a secret. Two endings have been filmed. If you see King Kong versus Godzilla in Japan, Hong Kong, or some oriental sector of the world, Godzilla wins. On the other hand, in the U.S. and England, for instance, Kong wins. That is all false. They did not film two different complete endings, but the endings are slightly different. So in 1963, when that magazine was published, maybe that is what they were told, even though I think in the official Japanese press book, they say very clearly that it's like a draw or they both yes. survive. This, you know, they both this, come is, out. this is something that will happen in massive crossovers. Obviously not every single, uh, you know, Godzilla film because they're all verses. But when you have these massive crossovers, there's always this prevent. This happened with Freddy versus Jason when it came out mm-hmm. in 2003. There was, and I worked in a movie theater at this point in time. And I had heard from like, our distribution people that right. oh they're gonna put in random reels in different theaters and some versions will have Freddie win and some versions will have Jason. Well, you know they do test audiences and that is how a lot of those rumors start about some film endings. Like test audiences might see a completely different film ending. I don't think it's crazy to think that this was a possibility when just a year or so earlier with Mothra the American production company, they started filming an ending in Japan and they poo-pooed it. They, they wanted the ending of the movie not to end on a volcano's edge with the, the main bad guy getting pushed in, but instead have the analog of New York city, new Kirk city be the, the final climax Which was the, the correct film. choice. <laughs> so they technically changed the ending for a different audience. So I, I think this well, is so what I'm saying they, is not change the ending is that you would you would have two different endings out there. And right. oh yeah, so I, like I, clue. <laughs> yeah, but I I mean I love that idea and I, I would love to like be able too. to buy like the like one called Freddy versus Jason, one's called Jason versus Freddy, like buy those. Well, and well, that, what about that would be cool? <laughs> what about this? What if you got one random ending, but then as a post credit sequence, you get to see the other ending and they, they do that, that both ways. That would be fun. I, I like that idea as well. I'm a, I'm just a big mm-hmm. fan of that, that kind of conceit. There's, there are so many movies that have rumored to, or at least they, the, the your director had wanted to do something similar, but almost every single time that happens, it, it's just, it fizzles out because that it's such a, a logistical nightmare to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would, I would, I would have loved for that urban legend to be true. But at the same time, I mean, I hate to say this because this is one of the few times you're going. Well, not the only time, but it's one of the few times you're going to hear me kind of dog a Godzilla film. Is it? This is just not that exciting of a movie. It's not a great Godzilla film. I think it's a great kaiju movie. I don't think it's a great example of Godzilla. I, I completely Godzilla. agree. I think as a kaiju film, it is a lot of fun. As a guy, a, as a Godzilla film, you see a little bit of his personality, but there's a lot that that happens in future Godzilla films that I think strengthens the character, and and it's a lot more exciting. Godzilla doesn't get to do a whole lot, like you said; he's more kind of a uh, a supporting character sometimes, as opposed to a marquee versus character. I mean, he and, definitely has second billing for a reason. This is more a King Kong 
re-origin right. and, it, in Toho. And, and king kong at the time was still i think more probably the more popular movie monster oh most um, definitely it, it's so crazy to think this is only godzilla's third ever appearance it's his third ever movie and i mean so, what not even 10 years after his first appearance yeah yeah but i mean time has been kinder to godzilla because godzilla <laughs> rules oh yes very much so Speaking of the character of these monsters, should we talk about some of the human cast <laughs> of of the film? Not- I, think, I think the only human cast member I I like is the the boss of the Pacific Drug Company. Oh yeah, because he is such a caricature of a human being. The best scene in this entire movie is when Kong. I think it's Kong starts like splashing around or whatever, and he's the one person who just pops up this little yellow umbrella. <laughs> and it's so, so funny. <laughs> Ichiro Arashima plays Mr. Taco, you know, the the head boss, and he's definitely the the most comic relief. He's the um the the bulldog or whatever character from from Mothra. We get to a lot of the humor through him even though his two employees that he sends out um Osamu and uh, Kinzaburo, we get some kind of Abbott and Costello kind of shtick between them on, on Pharaoh Island, but it, this, is, this is the taco show. <laughs> oh, and, and it makes sense because he was a very popular Japanese comedian. He was he was actually nicknamed the Japanese chaplain. I, I could see chaplain. I was. <laughs> yeah, the, I, he's great in this. I really he's I'm surprised. Very, we, very fun. <laughs> we don't get a lot more of him in other more cartoony um, Godzilla productions. Oh, I would love for him to have been a major part of, of this, this franchise. Cause he's, he's excellent. And I mean, I, he had, he didn't do a lot of feature films. I think he's only got maybe like eight or nine. I think he did some other Toho he, ones, but I don't think they were the, I think he did like, films. he did, I believe it's a Toho film. Yeah, this Lost World of Sinbad, which I believe has is the, by the same writers from a lot of these Godzilla films. Yeah, it's it but, stinks that, but if you're not kaiju or that, just there's so many great Toho films that we don't have access to. A lot of the historical kind of ones. Yeah, and I I, w- I would actually like to see a lot of his his comedies because yeah, he's absolutely fantastic in this movie. He's clearly having a great time and he's very very funny mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i mean he's he's one of the few i mean there's isn't a lot of character to these human characters even even taco is i mean he's there is the is the comedy star and i mean it certainly has a a better uh, fate for his role than uh, the comedian in reptilicus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I, I i i really enjoyed him i think his performance was very very fun but I feel like every other human character is pretty forgettable. I know oh, there's yeah. a, there's some there's some regrettable black face on here, and so, one guy is dressed as the dude from One Piece. It looks like definitely the the actor who plays the the guide for the pharmaceutical reps is in like you know uh, shoe polish kind of black face. Yeah, but it's it's a little weird. And also dressed the- as that character from One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forget his name. All, all the islanders are s- terrible, stereotypical kind of caricatures. I don't want to forgive that, but it seems like give him like all cigarettes, and then oh god, he's give part. one to a child. Like, well, there's no cops around. So the like- lines <laughs> differ in both the American and the Japanese for that part. Like one, I think, says, "Don't let your mother see you," and but then his mother comes over and steals one of the cigarettes. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I don't know if they're all in. Blackface because they all have like varying shades of skin color. Yeah. His mother in who I don't even think has a character name, but is like the lead of the dance for King Kong's uh, dance and is is the under threat of death of the the octopus in in that scene. She is very light skinned, and then some of them are very dark skinned. So it's like, do they paint the bodies? It's it seems like they would be red if they were painting their bodies, though, because once again, that red berry juice is extremely red. But they're all different shades, so obviously they're they're in some form of paint. But it's like, is that what they were going for? Because no one is of a single hue or shade. I enjoyed the Pharaoh Island parts for what they were. They feel very different from a lot of the rest of the movie. It's like it seems like a lot of the budget was poured into 
to that part, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, de- it definitely wasn't as fun as the stuff in Mothra. Uh, yeah. Mothra. That was really good. Um, yeah. And it, it bums me out because like, I mean, I never want to talk ill about a Godzilla film and I still, I still enjoy, I'm, I am hypercritical because I hold these movies to a higher standard. A lot of times I, and I, I'm completely with you. I, I understand this. This still feels like proto Godzilla. I feel like we're getting extremely close compared to the mm-hmm. last two films, because like I said, Nakajima was just given free reign to basically do his own choreography with Shoichi Hirose, who was in the King Kong suit. And they studied professional wrestling in Japan. They studied mm-hmm. sumo wrestlers to kind of get some of their, I guess, shtick. I don't know what you would call it. Their, their ring manners, you know, like some of the, the pump up moves. And oh, those yeah. are, some of them will stay with Godzilla. They'll they'll vary them movie to movie for, for Godzilla. But we, did, I mean, we didn't get that in the last two films. I, I will say, I think the next three films in this franchise are, are just a trilogy of absolute bangers. Yeah. And yeah. I know I'm I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but like, yes, this one doesn't quite hit the mark. But like you said, it kind of establishes some of the things that this this era will be known for. I think the next three films are kind of when people think of the Showa era of Godzilla, it's these three movies. Well, we can list them. I mean, the next one it might be one of the best, if not the best, is Mothra versus Godzilla, the two big titans. And then after that is the American is the invasion of the Astro Monster, right? No, the next one uh, after that is Ghidra the Third Third oh, Monster, and then Invasion of the Astro Monster. Right. Yeah. Two two Ghidra monsters, two Ghidra films back to back. But I mean, that's because they figured out. Oh wow, people really love this three headed dragon. Well, yeah, and we get some other. We get Rodan back in Invasion of the Astro Monster. Yes. Pretty pretty uh, excited there. Uh, right. So that makes makes a lot of sense. But yeah, this one. This feels like the King Kong movie that they they wanted to make, and they had King Kong or uh, Godzilla in their back pockets. Like, let's throw him in here. I, I mean, was there? Do you think there was ever a time where they were thinking about Rodan or Mothra versus King Kong? <laughs> do you think that I think Rodan would have been interesting? I don't know about Mothra because the whole thing was that you wanted to have a clear person, a clear character who can make an antagonist. And at this time, Godzilla mm. was still kind of the quote unquote bad guy. Yeah, that makes and sense. So with Mothra, Mothra's not a bad guy. Like, you can't you can't <laughs> do that to Mothra. It's everyone's friend. Yeah, Mothra's Mothra's chill. You, you know, as long as you don't steal unless the twin beauties. Unless you're uh, New Kirk City, in which case you're going down. Yeah, well, don't don't stand don't, don't yeah. take them little girls. I, and, I really, but 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 Rodan, that could have been a fun movie. I think so too. Yeah, if if you had scaled Rodan up, maybe I guess I don't know, or just kept Godzilla kind of the same size, you know, like three stories. That could have been a a good fight. Before we get to grading, let's talk about what worked in the film, what didn't, our favorite scenes, and where you want to start there. Yeah, um, I mean, I've listed a lot of my favorite scenes in this movie. I, I mean, again, I, I think any any time that Mr. Taco is is doing something amusing is it's it's gold. Um, all of them of the meme moments from this movie really work. You know the the eat your vegetables Godzilla moment is <laughs> certainly a classic. I actually love the American nuclear submarine releasing Godzilla because you don't see him yet. Right, you right. see all these you see these flames coming through the hatch, and then you hear the the iconic roar that lets you know daddy's home <laughs> and uh, it's a great great scene even when he pops out of the ice the first time it's i yeah it's a, it's a very very nice scene i did like that part a lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's crazy to me that they cut the movie interestingly in the american version to where all the the sub scenes were like together as opposed to divide it up but they they cut out akira ifakube's score they like basically rescore oh, the film in the american it, they they lose so much i actually really enjoyed the faroe island bits i liked i didn't think i would but i liked the giant octopus i don't enjoy when they are live animals live animals and in reading into this i thought there was only one octopus they actually used four for the scene and apparently only one of them 
was killed and eaten yes. by EJ Superaya. Yes, it became Din Din. <laughs> Literally took his work home with him for for dinner. But supposedly the other three were released back to the ocean. But uh, I I enjoyed that. I actually looked pretty good. There's some blue screen elements that are a little bad there, but they're much worse later on when they're like people on King Kong. It, it works better in the night sequence on Fairway Island. Yes, I agree. Yeah, so some blue screen elements that didn't work in the film. Unfortunately, <laughs> there are parts of this movie that could have been lost to history because I believe they were only had access to like a single work print copy when they were trying to get the digital, you know, conversion of, of this movie years ago, which maybe is why some parts of the film are a little grainier than than others. But this is the first time we get to see Godzilla in color. It looks great in in the Toho scope ratio, which looks great. But yeah, some of those digital scans and, and some of the, the American footage looks a little bit better, I think, than what they only had in access to Japan. This movie made a good amount of bank, like you, you said. It mm-hmm. performed pretty darn well with audiences, but there were a lot of critics that were pointing out the flaws comparing it to the original Kong but yeah it it doesn't matter when you've got those those big names and like you said I think this is the highest attended Godzilla movie until return I want to say it's, it's definitely the highest of the 60s of the Showa era I'm, I'm pretty sure adjusted for inflation from what I could do some math it was around 30 million US dollars, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I think was a, a good amount then. Yeah, pretty pretty big legacy for this film for, I think it both revitalized a lot of interest in King Kong and made sure Godzilla was kind of a main contender, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, the, the last, it was eight years. No, eight years? Six years before this was the last Godzilla movie. So it was, it was nice to see him back on his feet. It would take another six years until these guys would fight again in 2021's Godzilla versus Kong, which I'm excited to talk about and watch again. <laughs> it, uh, it it kept me a little sane at that part of the pandemic when it came out. Oh, absolutely. I, I was sad because it, I hadn't returned to theaters quite yet uh, in, 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 my neck of the woods yeah, I mean, and but- I know it was in theaters and I, I would have liked to have seen this movie on a, a very, very big screen. Uh, but that said, yeah, it was, it was such a, a comfort seeing something mm-hmm. like this uh, when it came out. And I, I applaud WB and HBO for, for delivering that to us. And, and we, you'll hear yeah. our, even though you've heard plenty of our thoughts on it now, uh, you, you will hear our thoughts in a couple of years, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, a few, for that one. few seasons away, a few years away. It's it's interesting that there was so much confusion, I guess, about the fact that it shows one of the two characters winning in the different versions of the film. I, I guess they wouldn't have died, just maybe shown being like defeated. But both of these characters get sequel films in the Toho cinema universe. So they both live, yeah. you know, we would get. Right. Because well, I mean, uh, this movie is is absolutely vague about what happens now. Yes. In the in the continuation that would have uh, happened and was canceled. And then they did Godzilla versus Mothra. Mm-hmm. They were going to say, yes, that Godzilla died. But they, I think, wisely noped out of that. Yeah. Makes sense. Don't kill off any of your main stars. What is this? Marvel movies with their villains. Don't kill off the villains. So just let them be in jail. King Kong escapes in 1967. So we got what? Five more years until that movie. But Mm -hmm. like you said, Godzilla versus Mothra coming right around the corner. You ready ready to rate this one miles? Yeah, I I am. I, I know I have given some conflicting, my my rating, I think, is, it, it re- reflects my my com- my my conflict with this movie. Mm-hmm. So, for personal enjoyment, I do give this film a seven. It's mm-hmm. it's a lower it's lower on the Godzilla totem pole for me. 
it is not an absolute disaster. I'm just, I'm, I'm just being critical because I'm being critical because there are problems I foresee with this movie. But as you stated earlier, as a kaiju film, it's a perfectly serviceable movie. It's a good marquee movie. It doesn't have everything I want from a Godzilla movie that I know that this franchise will deliver it in the future. But, and, you know, I, I'm just not the biggest King Kong fan, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, I mean, it's by no means a bad flick. It's just not one for me, but Seth, for my personal enjoyment, yeah, it's, it's a seven. It's a little lower, but it, it, it perfectly fine. I mean, honestly, nine times out of 10, Godzilla being in the picture will get you five out the door. <laughs> well, yeah, it, this has the elements I think to, to make a very, very fun, fun movie. I don't think it's perfect. I think this is definitely worth a sit if you're looking at a top 10, maybe even a top five uh, films of the 1960s to to dig into. I enjoyed this one the first time I saw it and going back, watching the Japanese version, I, I think I'll give this one another another nine out of 10. It is just so oh, over a, the that's top. A, that's, that's a high one. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've rated a couple nine out of 10 <laughs> just, I mean, if a film can keep my attention for <laughs> an hour and a half or whatever, I, I gave Gorath that as well. I, I felt that was a, a very fun. I mean, I, I, but I liked, I thought Gorath was a pretty great movie, <laughs> but for, as far as the technical is concerned, I'm actually going to downgrade this one. I originally gave it a nine out of 10, but I think it back to Gorath. It's so much better i was yeah. so disappointed by the city destruction because we get to see tokyo for a brief moment besides that there are some smaller buildings that get destroyed and they do a lot of good work with miniatures like the setting up of the the trap for godzilla and things like that but this does feel a little more rushed compared to what we have seen ej super i do so i'm gonna downgrade that to an eight out of ten for the technical that being said it's great to see the big G in Eastman color, Toho scope, widescreen. Those elements work really well. Mm-hmm. Maybe not yeah. all the blue screen. There's some some bad blue screen elements here. Yeah, there there is. There's also some weird bad like rushed shots. They they clip together to make it look like they were acting really fast. That yeah, that we, didn't work for me. We do see just Subaraya get to do some stop motion animation for about two seconds of the movie yeah it, it, it's it's very very poor and Re- reason we he doesn't do it that often yeah i i also i mean that kong suit it's you <laughs> you that you lose a point and a half just for that god awful uh, rat's nest of a suit it's a face only a mother can love uh, a, i don't a think mother i wouldn't even go that monkey. far <laughs> okay. i wouldn't even go that far but I mean, Godzilla looks great. The suit work with, with the, the with the big G is excellent. There are some there are some cool miniature moments. There are some cool uh, destruction sequences. So I, I'm I'm not totally trashing that. I'm giving I'm also giving it a seven. There, I think that is a a pretty especially in comparison to Gorath. Like it just if that had the attention mm-hmm. to its special effects that Gorath did, we'd be having a very very different conversation. I would like to compare all the, as we go through the 60s and and 70s, the different Godzilla suits. This is, this might be my favorite of the Showa era. Um, It's a good one. It's It's, it's not my favorite, but it's up there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to see if I I like one more. It, it, It has like a mix of the serious face of the earlier 50s films with these huge dorsal uh fins and and a great tail great tail action on them and maybe he just looks a little awesome because he is <laughs> up next to this kink gong yes um, i think so too okay seven out of ten for technical as far as it's evocative you know resonance as a a work of of art within the kaiju genre I'd have to talk this one out because it is so important to, I I don't think these films are becoming even more popular. I mean, they're popular at this stage, but this kicks off the Kaiju explosion of the, the era. Yeah. I I think the importance of this one can't really be uh, overstated because mm-hmm. yes it kicks off that era it's i mean an iconic meme between two monsters one that was remade as recently as last year and yeah it kicks off i mean i feel like we were always going in this direction but it 
kicks off in full gear the Showa era of Godzilla versus something. Because for the rest of this era, with the exception of, I guess, Ebro or the Deep and Terror of Mech Godzilla, they're all, well, yeah, and Son of Godzilla. Okay, I can, I'm never mind. I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> well, no, there are a ton but there, of Godzilla. But there, but there are a ton of Godzilla versus blank. And that is the, you know, the thing. So I, I have to give this a nine in that. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a very, very important film in Kaiju history. No matter how you feel about the movie, I think its existence is extremely important. It's another linchpin in the the course of how these films are are not just made, but what they're about. Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna go a little lower just because. I just feel like this one isn't as loved as a lot of the other ones are, even though this is like the big no argument there grudge match. It it has its faults and people do, like you said, really kind of focus on the next three Godzilla movies a little bit more. It is important, I think to the history and that's why it's getting such a high score. And it is important. I think to the, the, cinema of of kaiju cinema the 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 styles i wish we would get more interplay between production studios and their monsters and fun things like that but this is you know it's working off of some of the classic universal monster ideas of finally these two giant horrific things get to to battle Uh, so i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten for for that which i believe We'll bring both of our scores to kind of a median eight out of 10 as, as a final scoring. You're, you're a little bit under and I'm a little bit over, which, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's good. I think that's yeah. appropriate for our, our main man <laughs> for King Kong versus Godzilla. It is not a perfect movie. It is a very fun movie, but is, I wanted it to be better than it was, if that makes sense. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I, I wish it was better. And mm-hmm. again, I don't dislike the movie. I think it's got a lot of fun things to it, but it's not my go-to. Yes. Yeah. I can understand that. <sighs> right. So that's going to do it for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> thank you listeners for, <laughs> joining us on on this journey through the annals of kaiju history and we will catch you next time when we go deep sea diving in a submersible to atlantis that's right next time tune in for history versus atragon